Hey, Sox fans, it was a sloppy night on the south side, but the Sox brought the thunder. Got some roster moves and injury reports to discuss, and on this date in Sox history. Also going to get you ready for the Thursday finale with Seattle. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morowski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Uh, really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time uh, to talk White Sox. Uh, Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Want to talk about the upcoming uh, game here with Seattle, the finale. Uh, some news, notes, and history to discuss. But first, let's talk about Wednesday's big White Sox win. Um, cannot believe they got this game in. There was a 45-minute or so uh, rain delay, uh, some rain throughout the game, and a whole lot of Roger Bossard magic. Uh, the Sox win 6-4 to four over the Seattle Mariners. Sox improved to 4-1. and one. Uh, first four and one start since 2005. Uh, Dallas Keuchel was on the hill for the Southsiders. Uh, he gave you five innings, six hits, three earned runs, five strikeouts, zero walks. He threw 80 pitches, 53 of them were strikes. Uh, Dallas was sharp. Uh, he mixed things up. He used both sides of the plate. And kept hitters off balance. Uh, it, the, the stuff that Sox fans, you have been talking about with your friends, your coworkers, your family members. Uh, as we discuss Dallas over the offseason, what are we going to get from him? He's got to keep guys off balance. He's got to mix it up. He can't give free passes. Dallas did all of that uh, in this game. Uh, he gave up a quick solo home run in the first, but... And then it was just kind of nickeled and dimed after that. Nothing too big. You know, I'll take it, and I'm sure you will too uh, as a Sox fan. Uh, Kyle Crick, Ruiz, Graveman, and Hendricks uh, came in. Uh, Hendricks once again gave up runs. Uh, his third appearance of the season, and every appearance he's given up some runs. It still looks like he's trying to figure things out. I get it. The conditions weren't ideal on that mound. Uh, he has slipped and uh, slided before on some sloppy conditions on the hill. Um, it just doesn't look like he's got command of all of his pitches, but he got the job done. Uh, there was some defense uh, behind the pitching. Uh, Adam Engel had a heck of a catch out in right field. And Josh Harrison made a couple plays, uh, but then ended up leaving the game early, uh, possibly a back issue. Uh, offense 
wow, we got to talk about this offense. Uh, Jimenez hit a majestic bomb uh, to left field, uh, but then later in the game, he fouled a pitch off his ankle and was removed. X-rays were negative. Uh, Lurie Garcia came in to replace Jimenez. Uh, we'll keep some eyes on that. I'd be shocked if he played in the day game on Thursday. Uh, two huge home runs. Tim Anderson and Luis Robert go back-to-back -back in the seventh off of Robbie Ray. Uh, Anderson had three hits in the game. Both of those home runs were opposite field, left-left center. Uh, Berger had a couple hits. He was playing third, and they were not cheapies. The exit velocity was well over 100 on those hits. Uh, Vaughn also had a couple hits. Uh, it was so refreshing to see the Sox uh, being aggressive against Robbie Ray. Um, you know, the conditions might have had something to do with it, uh, but the Sox uh, did not seem intimidated by the reigning Cy Young winner. Um, and I really hope that's a trend uh, during this 2022 year uh, for the Sox offense. Being proactive instead of reactive, jumping all over stuff. Um, you know, they, there was just a confidence with the offense. Uh, Robbie Ray got stronger as the game went on, but he was chased in the seventh after those two home runs by Anderson and Robert. Uh, folks, uh, if you've been watching this game, it's early. Okay. It's early, but there's something different about this team. You can just, you can just feel it. Um, it's exciting. You know, they're swinging the bat, you know, they're, they're creating situations and, um, guys like Anderson. I mean, we, we knew that he was going uh, to be a spark for this team and, and Robert so far. Uh, is is living up to some early hype again hey it is early but the, these these games count the, these games get into other teams heads uh, they see what these guys are doing early on and it's going to change the game plan trust me it, it will uh exciting to see this offense um what a game uh socks no matter what happens when this series uh we'll talk more uh about that day game that finale I uh, want to talk about some injury updates uh, and, of course, roster moves. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Hey, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, we've been highlighting uh, some of the Luis Robert bets that you can make. Uh, total home runs in the 2022 regular season, the over-under is at 30.5. I would go over on that, folks. And the total RBIs in the 2022 regular season, uh, over-under is set at 95.5. I think Robert's going to go over. So get over to betonline.net and, and win yourself some money. Uh, thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Uh, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. 
uh, recaps of MLB games with anal- analysis from our local experts, uh, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's talk about some injury updates and roster moves. Um, this became uh, apparent a couple days ago, uh, but it's still good to kind of digest. Um, Scott Merkin wrote about this as he covers uh, the White Sox for MLB.com. Lucas Giolito and A.J. Pollock officially went on the 10-day IL. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, Jimenez and Harrison, of course, were hurt in Wednesday's game, so we'll see uh, what the status is on both of those uh, players. Uh, Rick Hahn said this on the Giolito uh, injury. Uh, it's still early in this process. Uh, we will. We all remain cautiously optimistic that he'll miss two starts. He's progressing nicely. Quite frankly, at this point, it's probably a little bit more about reining him back and keeping him on a prudent ramp back up, realizing that we want him strong for the next six, seven months here, not just for next week in Cleveland, let's say. But right now, everything's progressing in a positive way, and we stick with that two-start estimate. Uh, Here's Giolito talking about the injury. Best way to describe it is extremely frustrating, but with each day that's passed, I felt better and better. I really don't think it's a big deal. I'm channeling that initial frustration into determination, into putting the work in and getting back out there. Uh, when I can. Uh, hopefully it is uh, just a few starts for Giolito. Um, Got to imagine the ramping up during spring training, that three and a half um, sprint, three and a half week sprint, and then shutting things down now, then having to ramp things back up can be a little dangerous. Uh, there was some uh, video of Giolito. It looked like throwing some long toss on, on flat ground in the outfield uh, today. And, uh, you know, we'll just, you know, cross our fingers. Hopefully he's back sooner than later, but hopefully he's not rushed. You know, we want him back, but I don't want him back, you know, at 60, 70, 80%. I don't think the Sox would do that. Hopefully Lucas is honest, of course, of how he's feeling. Uh, We want him back full strength. Uh, As for A.J. Pollock, um, he was uh, out in Arizona. We, We talked in a previous episode uh, that his wife was giving birth to their second child. So he was most likely going to miss this Seattle series uh, to begin with, but he's you know dealing with this hamstring issue. Um, Han said, uh, we are optimistic come day 11 or 12, he should be ready to get going again. Uh, we aren't going to know for sure until he gets back from the paternity list on day six. Uh, so then there were a couple roster moves. Left-handed pitcher Anderson, Severino and Jimmy Lambert uh, were recalled from Charlotte. Uh, Roster now has 15 pitchers. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more on Jimmy Lambert as he's going to get the start uh, for the Thursday uh, finale. Um, There was a a big Sox rumor, uh, trade rumor, floating around just the other day. I wonder if you heard about it uh, and wanted to talk a little bit of White Sox history. Going to revisit some of that uh, in just a moment. The nonsense rumor. Uh, that's what it's been called by uh, Rick Hahn. It happened a couple days ago. 
uh, Monday night, actually, right before uh, the home opener. I don't know if you saw this on social media. Uh, it's it's well documented that the Oakland A's are are trying to get rid of players. And, uh, you know, we've been rumored, the White Sox have been rumored and connected to all different kinds of, of players, namely pitchers, of course, with the Oakland A's. It was Sean Manaya that we maybe were, were trying to go after. And the latest is Frankie Montas and um, there was a a rumor that was created by may, maybe a, a fake account, account and on Twitter that uh, Frankie Montas was coming to the Sox for Gavin Sheets and Jared Kelly. I, I saw this. That's what I uh, saw. That was the give up. Uh, it, it picked up some steam and it caught a lot of attention. Uh, Bob Nightingale uh, was actually tweeting about this as well. Uh, and saying it went further and saying how the Oakland A's want uh, Andrew Vaughn, which makes a lot of sense. Um, I think if you were to play the hypothetical game uh, as a Sox fan, uh, you would you would not want to deal with Vaughn. Vaughn is a guy you're that's nobody's untouchable, but Vaughn feels like he'd be untouchable right now, just from what we've seen, just from what we have been told last year and. You know, you listen to guys like Steve Stone and others that have had eyes on a lot of big league hitters in their life and nothing but positive, uh, you know, healthy things to say about the way Vaughn approaches uh, a situation. And, you know, Vaughn, you know, has talked at length about the, the struggles that he had uh, last season in 2021. It was coming so fast at him and. He had to make the leap, uh, not a lot of minor league experience. And he, you know, he's finally starting to realize in the offseason what these pitchers were doing to him. And he put the work in and it's starting to pay off. And, and Stone talked about it uh, on Wednesday night's broadcast, just about the balance, the approach that Andrew Vaughn has. And of course, the versatility he gives you defensively. Uh, so, of course, Oakland A's want Vaughn. I, I just don't see the Sox uh, giving Vaughn up for two years of control for Frankie Montas. But um, I, you know, I, I, I was interested in it when I saw this floating around on social media, I, I kind of wanted to believe it. And it's because we are starved for more pitching. We as a fan base uh, are craving another, another arm. Um, and we're hearing good things about Lance Lynn. He's ahead of schedule. And we just mentioned the Giolito situation. Maybe it's only two starts. But still, if you can get another proven arm into this rotation, wow. So when you see a trade like that, uh, of course, as a, as a fan, and I'm talking about myself, but maybe you, uh, you know, you also, you bit, the, bit on this. It's because we want that starting pitcher. You know, when, when you... You're re you're ready to believe anything, right? Um, it, it seemed a little far fetched, though, the fact that you know just sheets and and Ke and uh, and Kelly. But um, I mean, would you give a would you give an extension to Montas? That would be the the question. I mean, because you're not going to give up Vaughn for just two years of Montas in a hypothetical, just you know, uh, spitballing here. Would you be able to give Montas an extension like you did with Lynn? Um, I don't know. The, these are all things that obviously we as fans talk about. Uh, Rick Hahn caught uh, this and uh, he spoke about it uh, during his media session re recently. And he actually called it the nonsense rumor. 
Uh, the articles are out there. They're all over the place. And some of the things that Rick Hahn said about adding to the club, here's some quotes from Han. The goal is trying to balance achieving what you are trying to achieve in the current season without compromising future competitiveness too much. Part of the reason I joke about the rumors from last night, uh, we are not looking to rob Peter to pay Paul to make this team better. Guys we view as important in helping this team win wouldn't be the first ones out the door as we try to make this team better. Look, if you're saying how do we do in a four-game set in May against the Yankees is a measuring stick, Han said. It's fun for fans to look at it. And we and when you get the playoff-like environment, you feel that added energy. But in the end, this is a six-month marathon. And at any given snapshot, whether it's the home opener or mid-May or early June, you're probably dealing with some things that you won't be dealing with come October. Sure, maybe it's nice to get a little snapshot for where you sit at a given point in the season, but in the end, where you end up is all that really matters. Um, you know, it's always difficult to speak Han. Uh, it's tough to dissect everything. He's very careful with his words. Um, it's, of course, trades uh, do not happen early in the season. Um, you know, teams that have these assets that are ready to unload these players tend to wait closest to the trade deadline. There's a bidding war. More teams realize, you know, hey, am I a pretender? Am I a contender? And as more contenders emerge, well, that price goes up for some of these players. And, and the A's are a team that have some guys uh, that are coveted. So when it, when it, it comes down to depth for the White Sox, and I, you're just not all of a sudden going to get depth in October. You know, once the, playoff, the playoffs occur, you're just not all of a sudden, poof, you're going to have depth. You have to create that depth, you know, throughout the season, whether that is, you know, some emerging arms, uh, from the farm system, whether that's just, you know, a guy having a career year or you are going to be aggressive at the trade deadline, but a little bit before, perhaps you don't want to sit back and wait, you know, like we talked about with this offense being proactive instead of reactive. Well, this team has got to be proactive. And uh, I have a feeling, you know, if things continue to trend the way they've been trending, I mean, this team's out, off to a pretty good start here uh, that, you know, more pitching is going to come along. I just, I see, I see Andrew Vaughn, um, staying put, however. Uh, let's talk a little White Sox history. I am a huge uh, history buff, and I am a huge White Sox history fan. There is so much history with this organization. Over 120 years of history. It feels like every day something uh, memorable happened uh, at this moment in years past. Well, on this date, last year, Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter against the Cleveland Indians. Uh, he was two outs away from a perfect game. It's a, Some call it the toe-hitter. Uh, it was the 20th no-hitter in team history. Uh, one of his last pitches hit 98 miles per hour, which was the fastest for him since 2016. Uh, Perez for Cleveland was hit uh, with the pitch and the toe. And uh, Zach Collins was the catcher in that game. Uh, Lucas Giolito, of course, threw a no-hitter uh, while a bunch of cardboard cutouts watched in 2020. So this was back-to-back -back years for the White Sox. They have a no-hitter. I was actually in attendance. I was in the upper deck. Um, I wasn't even, even going to go to that game. I had gone the previous night. 
and the sacks lost and it was just a miserable affair and i'm like yeah, i don't know it's another cold night in april do i want to go should i just watch it on tv my wife and i went to the game and uh we were in the upper deck and it sure it felt you know in the 30s and it got to the fourth or fifth inning and then you could just feel okay something's going on here rodan was in a groove i mean he wasn't messing around first pitch fastball getting ahead in the count uh, he was working quick. So it was at that point, it's like, all right, I'm going to have to go down to a souvenir shop and get myself a blanket here because I think we are going to be here for the long haul. And uh, it was my uh, first and maybe only, but you don't want to say that, but it was definitely my first uh, no-hitter game and uh, talked about it in a previous episode here on Lockdown. Uh, I'm going to watch what Rodon does throughout his career because he'll always have a special place in my heart as a fan. Uh, having that experience and and happy for him after everything he went through um, and the season he had last year, it was a really special, special time. So uh, yeah, a little bit of Sox history for you uh, on this date. Uh, I guess, you know, another reason why it's painful that, you know, he walked and the Sox let him, but I, I still don't think we know all um, I guess all the details in that, I, I feel like there's some things that might surface, uh, you know, later down the line. Uh, but I'll, I'll be bringing you more socks history throughout my time here on lockdown socks. Uh, let's talk a little, uh, day game action here. Uh, game three of the Seattle series, Jimmy Lambert going against right-hand pitcher for the Mariners, Logan Gilbert, uh, Lambert. We saw a little bit of him in 2021. He threw 13 innings for the Sox, uh, started three games, and had a 6.23 ERA. Um, maybe we'll only get a few starts from Lambert. Um, you know, I don't think it's it's not going to be a long-term situation. Um, but, hey, the way the Sox are swinging the bat, hopefully they give him a lot of uh, cushion early on. And it should be a dry day at the ballpark, but very windy. I think I'm going to make it out to that game. And, of course, getting ready for that big Saturday game against Tampa that uh, Liam Hendricks bobblehead. Uh, Hey, really appreciate you listening. Uh, You can find the podcast everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, We are on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on mlb paul francis sullivan just call him sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts uh coming up on the next episode i'll recap the finale with seattle and we'll get you ready uh, for tampa really appreciate you making locked on white Sox your first listen i'm nick Morowski. until next time Go Sacks.